All right. Hey, everybody. Um, it's Josh Sloan, uh, volunteer and outreach coordinator with Sportable. Um, starting off on our first installment of something that I don't really have a name for yet. I don't know, athlete check-ins, um, athlete interviews. I don't know. We'll come up with some cool name later. It doesn't matter. But uh, I'm here with uh, my friend Matthew Shapiro. Um, and we're just going to kind of get caught up with Matt, see what he's been up to, which, by the way, Matt, do you prefer Matt, Matt or Matthew? I don't ever know. That's always the, the always ongoing question uh, is what do I prefer? Uh, my answer is always I answer to both. Uh, my mom would tell you she prefers Matthew, but for me, um, I answer to both and kind of have always answered to both since I kind of got into middle school and people started calling me Matt. But my, my mom's argument has always been my son is not something people step on. So uh, that's why she sticks to Matthew on a regular basis. But, that's uh, funny. That's funny. It doesn't matter. Right, right. Well, um, hey, why don't you uh, just introduce yourself, tell everybody about like kind of what you do with Sportable, what you do otherwise, um, and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, man. Uh, first of all, thanks for uh, letting me be your inaugural guest on this athlete uh, chit chat, as we call it. I guess we don't, have, as you said, we don't have a name for it yet. But uh, super excited to be here and just appreciate you uh, hooking me up. But uh, yeah, so I have been with Sportable from the very beginning, um, probably since started in 2006 or 2008. I can never remember. Um, I think and, technically five, but yeah, yeah. I mean, somewhere around there. Yeah, so somewhere between that time frame, and um, I was definitely one of the first athletes, and so um, people always like to joke with me that I'm the, like one of the granddaughters of, of the organization, which is fine. Um, I just have, I have no gray hairs yet, um, and I, but apparently I'm already balding, so we'll, we'll, that's a whole other story, but um, yeah, just, just been very fortunate to be with the organization um, as an athlete. And my main sports has been uh, power wheelchair soccer. And I've uh, uh, been playing that my entire pretty much time I've been with Sportable. Uh, even though I, I took some time off when I went off to college at VCU. Um, but then also within the last three to five years, I've gotten into uh, archery as well so um doing doing a lot of archery and um shooting in that way and so that's that's been fun to kind of get into that sport and it's it's interesting because it's like there are individual like so soccer is very much a team sport and archery is very much an individual sport so it's just interesting to have that sort of spectrum for me i've uh wanted to get into more sports but just you know don't have time on the calendar uh, with everything else I do. So, um, just, you know, those are, those are my two big ones right now for sure. Right. Right. Cool. Yeah. I think it's, it's really interesting that you, um, have been around Sportable so long because I mean, I, I think, I mean, you've been around literally longer than the entire staff at this point. Like there's not a, uh, like I know you and I know, um, Howard Humphreys and a couple others, like they have, you guys have seen this thing from the very beginning to where it is now. And I mean, I think you got a really interesting perspective because I mean, I, you know, I've only been involved with Sportable for about four years, so I don't really have any frame of reference for like the way it was or the way that it's grown or changed or morphed or anything like that. So I think it's pretty cool that you've got like kind of, I mean, you know, you, like you said, you I mean, you basically grew up with it, you know, like how old were yeah. you when Sportable started? So I think I was in middle school. Still? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I was about 12 or 13. Uh, I was definitely in middle school and um, was going through those awkward middle school years. So, that was fun. Um, and uh, for, for another reference, like Hunter was one of my soccer coaches. was one of my initial soccer coaches. So, that's how um, Hunter, I think, got involved with Sportable initially because um, he had that connection with the Richmond Kickers and, and was doing his work there. Um, before he came over and joined the joined the family full time, so to speak, right? Um, as executive director, and um, yeah, just been been it's been very interesting to watch the evolution of the organization um, from when Kristen started it as a project at VCU to sort of where we are now, and like where our athletes are hungry for more, and to 
you know, one day have our own facility. And, you know, those are, those are some, some big lofty goals. Um, and, and actually Hunter and I meet kind of on a semi-regular basis just to, you know, he asked me about my business and, and I offer perspectives on, um, on just helping with affordable in any way I can. I sit on the advisory, um, the athlete advisory committee, uh, and just want to see the organization be as um, successful as possible. And I got to be honest with you, I'm itching to, to get back out on the court. We're all kind of in a, in a holding pattern with, um, with all this craziness going on. But I, I also will say I'm very um, appreciative of Sportable to sort of take a step back in this time so that, you know, all of our athletes are um, safe and, and protected. Because as you know, like we're one of the more vulnerable populations during um, all of this craziness. And so... I commend, you know, Hunter and the rest of the staff for sort of, I think, taking the appropriate step and saying, you know, we're going to halt athletics until we, we know we're in a in a spot that's, you know, safe and good for everybody. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we – I mean, we really want everybody to be as safe as possible. And it's like you say, I mean, it's – we serve such a, a wide range of um, people with different kinds of disabilities. It's, it's hard to say, you know, who's vulnerable to what and this and that, but I mean, generally speaking, and I mean, I feel comfortable saying this, like as a disabled person and as an employee is portable, um, most of our folks are going to be in some way, shape or form more vulnerable to like either immunocompromise, like being more immunocompromised, having an easier time getting this, or maybe respiratory problems, which may, would cause something if you did get it, um, more difficulty, um, you know, dealing with the actual disease itself. Um, sure. But I mean, you know, we don't want, like, we don't want anybody to get this, that, you know, like, not just our athletes. I mean, we're concerned about our entire community. Um, sure, sure. Something else you kind of uh, uh, mentioned for a second that I do want to talk about is your business. Um, I think in the sportable world, a lot of people know names and faces. Um, maybe they've met somebody at the tailgate for a couple minutes. Um, maybe they, you know, because we do 13 different sports and not all the power soccer folks know all the rugby folks, know all the cycling folks, know all the archery folks, et cetera. Um, sure. So why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about your business? And because um, I think it's really interesting and I think it's, just, you know, and maybe if you have done any sort of like, pivoting um to a digital platform during this i'd love to hear about that too yeah so uh first of all thanks for the question i'm always i'm always down to talk about my work i get i get really fired up about it so um in in december of 2014 i uh had just graduated from vcu um and and knew i wanted to work in the disability space sorry my dog is in the back trying to get out of my room that is okay. Um, but uh, but knew I wanted to work in the disability space and couldn't find a job. I had a ton of job interviews. Had thought I had nailed those interviews um, because you know an interview setting kind of like this is, is sort of where I am most comfortable uh, and was not getting job offers. So one night I sort of was laying in bed and said, "Let me take my let me take my at that point like ten years of experience. Now it's much more." Um, of, of experience kind of doing youth work and, and thinking about disability inclusion and, and uh, self-determination and try and turn that into a business. So uh, that's where Six Wheels Consulting was formed and, and born. Um, and so we are a consulting company that tries to provide uh, ways for the community as a whole to think differently about the disability, uh, you know, the disability population, um, and sort of trying to challenge the status quo of how we think about, talk about, and approach um, disability. Uh, I am somebody that um, is very much tired of the status quo, um, and I often will sort of challenge the disability community, and including myself and other folks, to. Um, I think I have said for a while now that I think we need to have sort of a, another wave of the disability rights movement um, because we continue to deal with a lot of the same challenges and, and barriers that were around in 1990 when the ADA was passed. 
um, and and that legislation is you know 30, 30 plus years old, right? And we are still dealing with lack of accessibility, lack of of uh, attendant care, lack of access to resources, lack of uh, you name it. It's probably still there, and to me, that's unacceptable. I, I just, you know, I, I know things take time, but I also think we have gotten complacent as a community to um, to really like challenging the norm and saying like, no, we're not okay with, you know, not being taken care of in a, in a you know, in a pandemic which in many cases is very true. Like a lot of the, the funding and, and things that are going on to, to help solve this crisis, um, people with disabilities are sort of being left out of that equation. Um, and so to, to do all of that, I, I started this work to do consulting, public speaking and lobbying work to sort of try to get businesses to think about disability in a different way and to see that there is value in you know, hiring folks with disabilities, there is easy ways to make things more accessible and inclusive um, so that people can have access to all and all things and everything. Um, and so uh, it is an uphill, it is an uphill climb. Um, I would love the day when, uh, and I don't know if this will be in my lifetime, but I would love the day when there are no barriers and there are you know no steps to get into any restaurants or you know somebody doesn't doesn't bat an eye when they see you or i coming into their place of business or um you know there's not there's not a worry that like oh do we have to plan ahead 15 steps to make sure that uh this place we're trying to go or this event we're trying to go is accessible and inclusive to us right um and so you know, that really is like that driving force for me. And really my target audience that I work with is not the disability community. It's everyone else who can make the change. Not only, because it's not even just physical barriers, it's literally everything else societally that that comes up with being a person with a disability. Um, so much so for me on a regular basis, I get people coming up to me and going, I'm glad you're out today. Or, um, you know, you know, you're, you are such an inspirational figure for living your life. And that should never, you know, we should never have to deal with interactions like that, you know, and it's just right. like, um, it's just like an African-American person having to deal with an inter interaction around their, um, their race. And, you know, it's, it's, it's getting better, but it also is moving at like the slowest of snail paces possible. Um, and so, that gets me fired up every day and, and I, I think we have a lot lot more to do um, for sure. Well, I think that um, speaking from a personal perspective, like like I as a person with a disability appreciate the work that you do. And although, I mean, like you say, it's a hard hill to climb and I, a lot of times it feels, I mean, insurmountable, I guess. I mean, it feels like, you know, I think doing that kind of work can be really draining because you kind of got to wonder, like, is this worth it? And the fact that you keep trying and keep pushing and like, I mean, like, I love when um, I'm in this, I'm in the office at Sportable and I'm like, uh, how was archery last night? He's like, oh, well, like, Matthew wasn't there because he was like, like, oh, what was he doing? He's like, oh, he was like lobbying in Congress. And I'm just like, good. Yeah. Please don't yeah. come, like, don't, please don't come to archery if you can be lobbying in Congress. Like, please continue to lobby in Congress. Like, yeah. it's such important work. Um, and I just really appreciate the stuff that you do. And it always gets me super excited to know that, like, I mean, not just that people are fighting for the rights of people with disabilities, but that disabled folks are fighting for our own rights, I think is really, really important. And just, I mean, it just gives me a lot of hope as well well I, and i that's that's very uh kind of you to say like because you know there trust me there are plenty of days um where i feel like i'm banging my head up against the, the proverbial wall um to try and make these changes that we're talking about i also feel like i am in a position where 
I am very fortunate enough to be able to be as articulate and I hopefully will, you know, hope, uh, hope well-spoken as I am. Um, and so I, you know, it, it is never about, it is never about the limelight. It is never about all the accolades and all the articles and all the news stories and all the whatever. Um, I am not doing this work for the fame, the money, the glory. I am doing it for uh, the millions of people in our community who don't have a voice or have speech challenges or, um, you know, are, are not taken seriously. And, you know, those people need to have their voices heard too. But oftentimes, you know, society doesn't give them the time of day to be able to participate in the conversation. Right. So that is, that is where I, that, that is what I grind on every day. That is what I think about every day. That is, that is who I think about every day. And, um, you know, if I can be um, a voice for change, that would be ideal. And, and even also, like, sometimes I get even frustrated with our own community because I don't feel at times that we are always sort of around the same issues and we're not coalesced around the fact that we continue to get screwed over for can't get waiver spots, can't get, can't get, you know, rate increases for attendance so that we can actually pay our attendance living wages so that we can um, guarantee that they will show up to work every day and right. have to um, not have to, uh, change attendance every six weeks when this person's like this job is I do too much work for crap pay I'm not going to do it and so um, you know those are the things that like we as the 56 million Americans in this country need to be on the same page about it is not an autism versus CP thing or visual impairment versus um, you know uh, 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 mental mental health disorders or anything it's like it is a we are all dealing with the same crap and the same challenges um, maybe in different ways but like if we get our butts on the same page then you know politicians can't and decision makers can't us, you know enjoy the photo op with us and then when the time comes to vote on whatever the issue is kind of give us a you know uh no thanks sort of scenario totally um and uh you know that's that's always sort of that motivator for me to keep going because yes like right now in these times it is it is challenging it is um i am going stir crazy as a as an extrovert people who know me know that i love other people and love uh, get the energy, get energy from other people. Um, and, uh, people know that I'm a talker and I am an engager. I like to just engage with people. Um, and so this has been, um, it has been nice, but also challenging to know that like, all right, I, the day-to-day -day grind can sort of slow down a little bit. And, uh, you know, I haven't been out of my house in four weeks, which right. like, you know, at times it's great because I can sit and I can get caught up on TV shows or I can, I can watch stuff on Netflix. But also at times it's like, I really need that personal engagement with people. So I've been doing hello Zoom meetings and hello Zoom calls and hello FaceTime calls with people just to um, maintain some level of like being able to engage with other folks. Because I love my parents, but I can only talk to them for so long before yeah. I to like go do something else. Oh, no, 100%. So, so what have you been doing? Like, to, I mean, you said like a lot of Zoom calls, a lot of, um, you know, catching up on TV shows, watching movies and stuff. Um, yeah. Like, like what kind of stuff have you been doing just to, I mean, to be honest, I mean, past the time, like I, I don't, I think that there's a lot of people right now that just are just kind of like wondering what to do, you know? Yeah. I mean, I certainly yeah. feel, feel that way a lot over the past few weeks. Yeah, I mean, you know, I um, 
I, I can certainly relate to that um, and, and feel, feel that. Um, for me, uh, my consulting work is still going. Like I'm still doing some, some virtual projects and um, trying to do some planning and projects uh, for my own personal you know, desires. Like I'm, I'm trying to write a, uh, do a, I'm in a fellowship program right now. So I'm trying to write a, 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 a sort of a capstone project for that fellowship. I have an interest in wanting to write a book, so I'm sort of thinking about like what that would look like and and how to go about doing that and working on that project. Um, I'm getting a few uh, paid projects, smaller paid projects here and there. So like, I'm very fortunate in the sense that like, I being an entrepreneur, you you don't really lose your job. Now you do if you're not getting the gigs and getting the work. Um, but I do have some income coming in, small amounts here and there. Um, with doing some small contracting things, um, and I'm trying to finalize another bigger contract to, to continue to do some off-season lobbying work. Um, so, like, very fortunate in that regard, and I know that um, a lot of people are struggling right now. So I just consider myself um, to be to be very lucky. Um, as far as like other things I'm doing. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm getting caught up on a lot of TV shows, trying to like, watch shows that I hadn't been able to watch over the last couple of months um, that are all sort of saved up on my DVR. Um, I am, I definitely, desperately, desperately miss the gym. Um, I, during session, uh, during the general assembly session for me, which goes from January to March, um, I do not go to the gym just because I don't have time um, and I don't have time to work out with my trainer. And so I was really excited uh, when session was going to end that I was going to be able to get back into the swing of right. uh, work, working out with my trainer. Uh, he and I have a really, really good relationship. And uh, then all this COVID stuff hit. So I am now going, you know, basically several, several months without really exercising. Like I'll go for walks, um, but like as a wheelchair user, a walk is really just for fresh air purposes. It's not Certainly. really for exercise purposes. You know, because the only thing we're really working out are our wrists. It's about it. Um, and so really, really wanting to get back into the gym and, and do all that, but uh, don't know when that will be. Um, I'm also playing a hell of a lot of uh, video games. Uh, and another way that I am uh, connecting with a lot of friends um, and playing video games and, and getting online with them and just kind of catching up with them and, and connecting in that way, playing a lot of FIFA um, playing a lot of Call of Duty Modern Warfare, uh, or the, the newest Call of Duty. Um, and, and yeah, just I'm also being very intentional about trying to reach out to people, too. Right. Like, I am, I am the one sort of initiating FaceTime calls with people, um, just trying to, like, again, get that, get that social connection. You know, I would much rather be in the room with you right now having this conversation in the portable offices. But, For sure. Uh, I, I also, and, and to be honest too, like I self-quarantined a week before everyone else, right? Because I was like, I am not going to, I don't have an autoimmune disorder, but like, I also just, you just don't know, right? Like you don't know who's been where, you don't know who's touched what, you don't know um, what's going on. So like, why risk it? So like, like I said, I've literally been um, in my house for about four weeks now and uh you know, it's, it's, this is, this is, we, we have never dealt with something like this before. And um, it is a, it is an interesting, interesting time for sure. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. It is, I mean, it's something that's hard. It's, it's, it's basically impossible to process because there isn't a reference point. Cause like you said, there's nothing in our, in my lifetime to, to compare it to, or, and I mean, I think what really, what gets me is like the indefinite nature of it. like it, it, it will end and that's fine. And, and it'll end. And I agree. But like, I have just no idea when, and that to me is stressful, you know? And, and, and I agree with you on that, but also on the flip of that, like I would much rather be like, I have man, I have, I have advocated in my house to that we need to do a mandatory everyone stay home. I don't care if you are like the only people that should be on the road would be, police, uh, fire and EMS, and, and hospital workers. Um, and I think that should be, you know, countrywide. Um, 
because, you know, we're seeing, we're starting to see a decline. But, like, then I've seen, you know, our generation, Josh, like, going and still going to spring break and doing things. And it's like, guys, like, I, it sucks that you would lose that on your spring break. But, like, also think about the other people that you might be, you know, you might be affecting, you know, infecting if you come back from where you were in spring break and then come over to, like, come to see your elderly parent or your mother or your, like, think about all of those things, but yet we're not, they're not. Right. And you're seeing people, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't until Governor Northam said, like, nah, like, we're, we're shutting everything down until, until, um, you know, June 10th or whatever it was. Uh, you know, there were people still out at Belle Isle, like, doing stuff. And, and, like, to me, that is, like, just disrespectful. And people who make the argument of, like, oh, this is just the flu. Well, no, because people die on an hour-by-hour basis because we aren't doing our part to, like, make sure everyone and the most vulnerable of us stay safe. It's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a weird time. And honestly, like, I think coming out of this also will be strange. Like, I think we will see a lot of norms be much more different. Um, I think we will see, I I would like to think that we would see more um, businesses be inclined to have their workers work from home to, because like, there was always that argument of like teleworking oh, like, we can't do that. Like, they've got to be in the office. And But I think also this is proving, like, holy crap, maybe we can do teleworking, which would be good for the disability community because that means more jobs for the disability community. Um, and so I think, you're, I think you're going to see just a lot of new norms where, like, I've heard people saying, do, we wonder if people will, like, shake hands after this and, and, like, you know, think about picking up things at the grocery store. And, like, you know, I'm curious to see what that'll, what that'll be like. Right. Yeah. Well, let's shift gears, get away from some uh, gloom and doom, so to speak. Um, If you can think of something, and it doesn't have to be super specific, but like if you've got like a cool sportable memory or like story that you can tell from like a practice or a game or something, um, really any time from, it could be from back in the, um, back in the day from when you were younger, it could be from more recently, um, anything like that I'd love to hear about. Yeah. So I think like two things, one, like my own personal like evolution, right. As like a sportable athlete to when I started, I was the, the young, like annoying squeaky kid that like, you know, all the adults were probably like, Oh my gosh, who is this guy to now? Like, you know, being somebody that uh, I am probably one of, the older participants on the sportable soccer team in particular. Um, and I'm sort of taking on a, sort of a coach mentor role um, for a lot of our younger players um, and helping Jesse uh, with, with coaching. Um, for those who don't know, Jesse is um, like our uh, power soccer coach and also a power soccer player. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, you're fine. I, I should have given that description myself, but uh, we're, we're kind of co-coaching a little bit and like, we're, you know, because we, we both know the game pretty well and know the like what what is the right thing to do and the wrong thing to do. So, um, you know, it, that's, that's been a really cool evolution for me. Um, I've always considered myself kind of a leader. So if I can help get these these young guys and, and girls, you know, better um, at soccer. And, and too, like, we also just want them to enjoy the game, but we also want them to learn it so that, you know, we, we have a desire to be a travel team. And to mm-hmm. be, you know, just like the possums and go possums. <laughs> still, still don't know where that came from, but that's okay. Uh, I thinking about, you know, thinking about the possums and, and thinking about a lot of the other teams that travel um, for Sportable. Like we, as the power soccer program, we want to get there too. Like I, I am a competitive son of a, you know, son of a beast. Yeah, and I, I, you know, when I get out on a court or when I'm playing somebody, you best believe I'm going to kick your ass. Like right. I, I grew up, you know, doing all kinds of sports-related stuff in school in terms of being around the team and being a part of a team where winning and losing mattered, right? Yeah. Like, and and it's not, 
it's not just oh you're great because everyone gets a trophy no like I want to earn a first place trophy and I want to earn like a national championship in in my sport and and I want to play and get better at my sport um and, and so that always to me has been my motivator and and Hunter every time every time he sees me coming he knows I'm going to be in his ear about yo let's do more for soccer let's let's add more resources and and what I what I can what I can commend Hunter and 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 Shelly and the rest of the you know, leadership team really doing is, is, you know, before all this craziness hit, we were adding more soccer practices to the calendar. We were, um, you know, we were trying to figure out ways to get some travel teams going. We had a partnership going with the, um, with the um, yeah. VA to, to work with the VA and we had a team going with the VA. And I'm sure that will continue after, um, after we get out of this. Um, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm itching to like travel, and go to tournaments and uh you know my favorite memories are are the camaraderie that that we have with each other um on the team and and, and the competitive part right. um, and so that competitive fire for me um is is really important but but again i guess one of, also one of my favorite memories is as a coach and as a co-coach with jesse kind of um to to um, to see some of our younger players who when you first start out in power soccer and you see the young players their only goal is I've got to go get the ball like that's all they want to do right right yeah it's like um, I mean it's the same with able-bodied soccer if you watch little kids play soccer it's just like a pack of like 20 kids just chasing the ball around in circles it's a cluster and so um, when we are able to really drill in no you you can't do that because that'll be a two-on-one which that's a rule that we have in power soccer or you know no we have to worry about positioning and spacing because we have to have passing lanes and we have to stay spread so that we can you know run plays and, and do things in the game in order for us to be successful when we can get it so that they understand those things like that's golden to me and at the end of the day too if everyone leaves practice and says you know, that was fun. I was able to get out of my house today and I was able to do something uh, and be around other people like me. Like, that's just as important as winning. Like I said, yes, I want to win, but as long as, particularly our younger players, as long as they are learning and as long as they're having fun and as long as they want to continue to play, I'm all for it. Yeah, totally, totally. That's awesome, man. You know, it's really cool, I think, it's, it's just cool to hear from like all of our folks, but it's cool to hear you were one of those kids and now you've been able to transition to teaching those kids and helping them. You know, you've really come full circle when it comes to what your role was and, you know, has evolved into and is now. It's, it, it, it is very cool to, to sort of have grown up in, in the program, been able to jump back. I mean, by far, soccer is my favorite sport. Like, I love archery, and, like, I, I've always talked about wanting to get my own bow and stuff. But, like, soccer is one of the more fast-paced sports. As, an, as a person with a disability and as a person who is a power chair user and cannot transfer and cannot, you know, push a manual chair like you can out here and play rugby and all of that, um, I've also seen you use a power – like, you, I've seen you use both. Um, yeah, I'm in a, I'm like a very unique, um, position where I am right on, in terms of spinal cord injuries, I'm like right on the cusp of like power chair or manual chair. Like you kind of got to weigh the odds of uh, which one you want. Sure. Yeah. And and adaptive sports when I was younger too, it was like, you know, it was, it was, it was t-ball and like everyone ran the bases and, and which like, again, those types of things have their place. And I am certainly not um, discounting those by any means. But, you know, to to now be in a sport that, like, is fast-paced, you're not sitting still, you are not, um, you are, you know, you're bumping and grinding, you're running into other chairs, you are you are kicking ass and taking aim. Um, that's, that, that gets my competitive, you know, fire really burning right. and going. And, um and I just want to have more of that feeling, and I want to, uh, 
uh, I want to share that with other folks and I want to, I want to win. I want to, you know, I want to compete and I want to win. And so, um, you know, you're right. I, I, I have made quite the evolution um, from when I started with Sportable and the, the organization as a whole has made quite the evolution to, you know, we, when we first started, we were lucky to get a handful of people out to practice. Um, and now we, you know, can get anywhere between 12 and like 12 and like 15 people out to practice every, every Thursday or whenever we, you know, whenever we practice. And so, you know, that is, that's cool. And, and if we can teach, um, teach the fundamentals of the game and, and get people better. And uh, what, what I also really enjoy is getting the people who have the more significant disabilities on our team to just show that they're having fun and they're not as competitive as I am. And they're, you know, we're lucky to get them to, to drive their straight continually for a minute, you know, uh, a minute. Um, because of the severity of their disabilities or their challenges, like those are also tremendous, tremendous victories and opportunities to work with them uh, and see that they're getting out of, uh, you know, like the Virginia home and, and places like that and coming sure. to with their sure. So, um, yeah, I'm just been been very fortunate. I'm I'm excited uh, about the growth of, of Sportable. Um, I am also uh, one that. Um, tries to, you know, in, in the, in the athlete advisory council meetings, I try to be sort of realistic in our, you know, our desires as athletes. I know there are a lot of other people um, who are on the lacrosse team and who are on the do track and field and who do basketball and who do all this stuff. And they're sitting there saying, oh, we got to get our own facility and we got to we got to do all that. I'm like, yes, I absolutely would love that. But I also know, like, we have to think strategically and realistically about where we are as an organization to be able to, like, I know I'm not a staff member, but I, I certainly say, you know, we, because I certainly feel like I am thoroughly a part of, of the Swordable organization and the Swordable family. So I always try to not 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 stifle everyone's excitement and desire for wanting our own facility and wanting to continue to strive to to get more competitive outcomes going and get more paralympians in the paralympics and i know we've got a ton of hopefuls uh in our sports but also we have to know how to get there and be strategic about how to get there we can just get somebody off of their couch and into some kind of physical activity like that is also major, major win for us as an organization. I talk about that all the time. I talk about like I'm, I'm so, so passionate about just getting people active. I, I would much rather someone set their own goals, whether those are incredibly lofty, like becoming a Paralympian and winning gold, or if they are humble, simple goals, like I just want to get outside. Period. Like I think of us as a way for people to do what they want to do. I don't think of us as trying to get people to do what we want them to do. We're there to help people do what they want to do. So, I mean, like no matter what somebody wants, I mean, that's what we're there and excited about helping them do. You know what I mean? And and one of the things I continue to push um, everyone, everyone on staff who knows me and everyone who just knows me in general knows that I am not a, uh, I'm not a wallflower. I'm not afraid to, uh, to, to state my opinion. One of the things that I really would love to, you know, we are continuing to grow our programming uh, year over year tenfold, and we're adding new sports, and we added our rugby program, and, and we added, you know, some other things. I think our next evolution that we really need to consider is trying to come up with more sport options for people who are solely power chair users. Um, you know, yes, we have available options to us like archery and soccer uh, and, and the swimming program. And if you can transfer and do hand cycling, yes. But other than that, those are really, if you are solely a power chair user like I am, um, there, are, there are options, but they're, not, they're more limited than if you were able to transfer into a rugby chair or transfer into 
a, a basketball chair or, um, uh, you know, get involved in some of those other sports. So, you know, I would love to see us offer one or two more sports specifically for um, power chair users, whether that is adaptive bocce or, um, you know, I don't know. I used to play, I used to play hockey when I was younger. You know, there's ways we could do some, like, I don't know. I would just love to see more uh, offerings for all of our athletes so that we can all be involved in, in some form or fashion. Yeah. I think we definitely try to make sure we have something for everybody. What, like whether that's, you know, any kind, like any kind of physical disability um, or visual impairment as well. Um, unfortunately, you know, we can't do it all, but we're certainly trying, you know what I mean? Like we'll, 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 um, We'll get there, you know, we're, we're doing our best, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, and I, I by no means was downplaying the amazing, like, at all. I didn't want that to seem like a disrespectful no, uh, no, no, no. comment by any means. Um, I am just sort of thinking about, all right, what are, in my mind anyway, and again, this is just my mind, and, and, and again, these are conversations I have with you, or these are conversations I have with Hunter, these are conversations I have with Shelly um, on, on, a, on a, you know, semi-regular basis, you know, what what is what is that next evolutionary step um and and yes i am 100 percent on board not only are you guys trying but like you guys are kicking ass and taking names and succeeding in 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 a lot of the areas that that you are are undertaking but as as someone always says we can always be doing more and we can always and, and i know that gives hunter gray hairs every day because I am uh, I am the one uh, typically sort of pounding the table for not only more soccer practices but even more sport options so that you know I can I can um, have other opportunities to do things because I would love to be a Paralympian in any of the sports that I do whether it's archery or soccer or like again because I have that competitive fire within me to want to want to be the best at something um, and and um, you know that that another motivator for me so um I, I don't know i you know i, I certainly am, am again by no means downplaying the work that you all are doing and i understand there are um limited resources and, and as a nonprofit, it is tricky and particularly right now in this in this time uh it is it is uh downright scary um and so but but you know you know that you have athletes that love and respect and, and appreciate everything that you are uh, doing as an organization. And, uh, you know, I am, I will uh, always be in, in the organization's corner. And if I need to, you know, go uh, ruffle some feathers or, or go talk to some people, I'm more than happy to do that. I, I know that we're both big fans of the movie Crip Camp. Um, and it's in that movie, um, they're at the camp and they're kind of like sitting around talking. And one of the, campers is like if you were like a really quiet passive person like sheepish kind of like you said you're not a wallflower earlier um if you were that kind of person like to be that kind of person and have a disability uh makes it a lot harder i mean you've really like i think the word he used was it would suck but um you know i don't blame you for advocating for anything that you think would benefit us or think would benefit anybody else with disability anywhere because i mean you have to be that loud voice because like who someone's got to do it and if you're not advocating for what you need you won't get it i mean it's the bottom line and if we're not doing it who's right i I would i would be curious to know your thoughts on krypton oh like i mean i just i think i cried three times i loved it it was just so i mean it's just everything that you want to see, I mean, it's like you're saying, I certainly, you know, I don't think that we're by any means at the end of that road. And I, um, if I had to come up with one critique, which is something I'm good at doing, would have been, I would have liked it for at, at the end for them to like really harp and stress on like how much more work there is to be done now. Um, sure. But like, man, it was great to watch. And it was just like, made me so proud of my community and proud to be a part of the disability community. Um, I mean, that feels really good. Like to, to know that it wasn't just like random able-bodied people who just decided this was something that was good that they should do. It was 
a real grassroots movement by people with disabilities for people with disabilities. Yeah. That's what really made me like love it and get them watched and get to actually see that happen was really, really yeah. cool. Yeah, and um, I, I agree with everything you said. Um, and, and I think it is truly one of the first films that I can think of. I know there have been films about the disability rights movement in the past. I have a couple of them. Um, but it is, it is one of the first films that really, I think, fully shows the struggle, right? And what, what we went through, we being the community, went through to like get where we are. But then to your point, it also is a call to action, I think, because it shows, well, one, I'm excited that like our movements and our population is getting some mainstream coverage and some mainstream uh, recognition. Um, and the fact that the Obamas, you know, uh, decided to put money behind it and show the importance of this um, as as producers and their production company, they were the ones that that helped to bring this bring this to life. Um, that says a lot. But but also, and so the fact that we're getting more mainstream coverage is great. Um, but also, I think one of the one of the I wouldn't call it a critique, but one of the things that I I think about is, all right, we look at the members who were in that movie. We look at the Judy humans of the world. We look at, at you know, the other, other characters or other people that were part of that film. Uh, they're all still doing the work and they're all still amazing. And like, I have Judy human's book and plan on reading it. And she is, you know, somebody I aspire to be um, in, in my work. Um, but also like, that generation needs to pass the baton to to the likes of you and I, to to and we need we need the next generation's Judy Human who's going to say, you know what, this is BS. We're not going to we're not we're you know we're going to have a 504 sit in or we're going to have you know we're going to we're going to sit in for 27 days or whatever it was until we get you know until we get what we need um, and and. I think we need an update to the Americans with Disabilities Act to say, no, we're going to make, like, I don't care whether the building is old. I don't care whether you as a, as a, as a business owner feel that it is a burden on you. Like there are governmental things that can help you do things. Or there are, there are basic things that you can do to make your place of business more accessible. It should not continue to be burdensome for you or I or anyone like us no matter what our disability is, to participate fully in our world and in our society. Um, and so we need that next generation's Judy Human or um, someone else to be pounding on the table and be like, this is not right. Um, what are we gonna do about it and how are we gonna solve it? Because like I said earlier, we are still debating the same gosh darn problems that we were debating when I started doing this advocacy work as a junior in high school. Um, and that was, I had my 10 year high school reunion this year in, in 2019. So like I've been in this work for 15 plus years, essentially. And we're still at the same place, I feel like that we were. Like, yes, we have made incremental changes, but like where are those big, seismic shifting changes that are truly going to impact I don't see them I don't see them coming um, and that 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 really you know grinds my gears yeah well um, I think we should probably wrap it up I mean I'm sure we could sit here and talk all day about this stuff I know I definitely could but um, you, you and I definitely could do that for sure right. I'm happy to, happy to wrap up um, you said that you've been watching a lot of movies. You got any movie or TV show recommendations? Don't say Tiger King. We all know about Tiger King. I I have not even embarked on Tiger King. I don't know if I will embark on Tiger King. I, I will say if anyone who, who like, I, I highly, highly cannot recommend enough to watch Crip Camp. 
uh, if people wanted to want to know more about what what drives the work that I do, what drives the work that you do at Sportable, um, please, please, please check out Clip Camp. Um, I also am a huge fan of The Good Doctor on ABC. Uh, love that show. Any sort of shows that show true representation of what disability looks like, I, I am all for. Um, I am missing me some sports. Um, it's interesting to see all of the reruns that are that are popping up on our screens. But um, love, like I said, love the Good Doctor. Love, um, love uh, Crip Camp. Uh, love all of the superhero shows that are on TV now. Flash, the, uh, the Flash, the Arrow just ended its run. Um, I'm just a big big TV guy. I watch. I probably watch way too much TV, but. Uh, keeps me uh lets me lets me get into a world that i might never be able to get into so um yeah some good recommendations there and there's there's also tons of stuff on netflix there's just hours and hours of material on netflix that people don't know are even there um so you know just get lost in in those streaming services for sure right but don't spend all day doing it for sure yeah yeah for sure all right man well matthew i appreciate it um and I guess we will just call it a day and um, stay, yeah, uh, have fun. I don't know. If, like, yeah, yeah, no, man. I uh, I appreciate you uh, wanting to hop on and, and have the conversation. Uh, I will say uh, again, thanks to you and and to all of 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 Portable for um, to, trying to figure out ways to keep us engaged and and um, think think thinking about us in these in these times and. I just want to say I hope everyone is uh, who's watching or, or who's out there is um, staying safe, you know, make smart decisions, be good, um, be good to each other. And, uh, you know, we will, uh, we will get out of this and, and we will be able to get back to the court or the field or the, you know, the swimming pool uh, in, in the near future. So, um, yeah, just thanks for having me and I uh, hope you stay safe yourself, man. And we'll uh, talk again real soon, I'm sure. All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, Josh. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.